Hey everybody, welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Um, it's been a while since I've done it. Everything is just, like I always say, things are crazy. Um, it is Sunday, June the 10th right now, and I am driving to the sixth and final gig of the week. Is that right? Six, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, the 8th the eighth gig of the week. Um, it's been a busy week. And I'm doing this podcast because I'm stuck in traffic. I'm heading down to downtown Chicago to the Willis Tower, which I still call the Sears Tower, playing a, uh, a an event up there this evening. And it's very foggy outside. And usually people plan events at... Uh, the Sears Tower or the Hancock in Chicago because of the view you get to see so much cool stuff but on a day like this the windows are completely grayed out so you can't see a thing but at least you get to ride a uh, hundred floors up on an elevator that that's always fun your ears pop anyway so I'm heading to the gig and I get messages from people and people that see me that listen to the podcast like the podcast and want to hear from me and I always think well I'll talk when I get time or I'll talk when I have a a cool idea and right now I guess I have time and I don't know if I have a cool idea or not so we'll just see how it goes Um, so I am celebrating one particular thing and I am going to write a blog about it so if you haven't read my blog yet you can go to richstitzelmusic.com, and in the menu bar, there is a thing called Rich's Blog, and there are just a couple posts up there right now, but it will continue to grow, and it's kind of fun to do some writing and post some videos within the blog over there, and sometimes it's related to the podcast, sometimes it's not, and maybe it will be. I don't know. I haven't written the blog yet, but I started to. This morning, I got home from my first gig today, sat down on the couch, started to write the blog, and then went to lunch, and then went home real quick, fell asleep, woke up with about four minutes to get dressed and head out the door. So it's been hectic, hectic, hectic. But the thing that I'm celebrating amidst all the crazy gigs and work outside of the drum mantra... um, I have been practicing, I've been trying to get the final exercise of the Drum Mantra 3030 filmed now for about six weeks. I probably started this project, I don't know, two and a half, three months ago, Uh, and it is quite a project. It is first coming up with 30 days worth of assignments, which ended up being about 125 exercises. Each day is 30 minutes long, so it's 15 hours of instruction for the 30-30 course. So first thing was laying all that out. That was a lot of work. Once I got that laid out, just the page numbers and the exercise numbers from the Foundational Series book organized, um, I then had to start figuring out tempos for everything. And I had written some play-alongs already, and uh, so I started... I started things based on those tempos, and then I hired the. Uh, then I reached out and created a group of people I called the test pilots, which were professional drummers all around the world, who um, would, were going to do the program to test it out and to help me find mistakes and stuff in in the audio or whatever, whatever they had noticed, make notes for me, and immediately almost unanimously it was slow it down it's too fast so uh, I had to go back and recreate all the audio tracks at a different tempo which isn't terribly hard but it definitely is time consuming and I also had to write write pieces of music a lot of pieces of music so there are 125 original compositions that accompany the 3030 so a lot of writing a lot of writing and um, and then I had to start filming all the exercises. 
and as I, I would film, and then there comes a point where it's just like, I can't film anymore, I can't concentrate, so I had to do it little by little, every day, every day, every day, for about two months is about how long I did the filming portion, uh, and I would film maybe two hours at a time, <coughs> excuse me, whoa, I would film maybe two hours, and then I'd have to take a break, because I just couldn't concentrate, once you once you do the course, you will see that um, there's a limit. There's a limit that your mind can concentrate on something. And for me, after about two hours of really intense conversa- con- concentration, I had to change my focus over to other aspects. So I started creating PDFs, and I realized that there were 4,500 PDF pages that had to be put in place on the videos so you can see the music examples in the videos oh my goodness it was so tedious so tedious so tedious so uh, I actually completed all of that about five days ago except for one final exercise there were two exercises that I had the hardest time with Um, day 29 which is a 37 minute long without stopping I'll call it a meditation. It's very, uh, it's it's accent permutations and pulse permutations in five four time, and it and it literally lasts thirty seven minutes without without stopping. And filming it is crazy because it's one camera angle, no edits, and to get it perfect all the way through was very difficult. And I would get to the twenty ninth minute, the thirty second minute, many times, and then. All of a sudden, my concentration would go away, and I would mess up, and I'd have to start again. And that thing, I mean, you can imagine 37 minutes long of practice on one thing. You're almost through it. You do it one more time, and that's it. I mean, that's it for the day. But um, So that exercise, and then the third exercise, there are three exercises on day 30, and... um, the third exercise of day 30, the final exercise of the entire course. It's about 14 minutes long. I couldn't get that one either. So I worked on those for about, I don't know, five or six weeks probably, every day, every day, maybe an hour or two in the early part of the day, and then again in the evening. I would try it again, try it again, try it again, try it again. And... I had a I had a big realization on about two weeks ago and I and I and I thought, okay, here's one thing that I'm doing wrong in my practice is and this is so obvious, this is so obvious, but man, it, this just shows how easy it is to fool ourselves. So I would be filming and like say I'd get to the twenty-fifth minute of this thirty-seven minute piece. And if I messed up, I would be like, I'd put the sticks down, turn the camera off, and think, well, maybe next time I'll get it. And I started to realize, man, the the, the whole piece, all these pieces get progressionally, progressively uh, more difficult as you go. So anytime I would get into uncharted territory and I would mess up, I would stop. And then I had the realization, and again, it's just like, duh, this is so obvious, that I was like, okay, it doesn't matter if I mess up. I have to keep going. I have to play these things all the way to the end, regardless of a mistake. Because I've never successfully gotten through any of these ex- these, these final exercises. I was realizing I've never gotten through these exercises perfectly. Uh, maybe I had, but not when the camera was rolling early on in the book. But to be honest, I don't think I have. They're hard. They're exercises that I didn't really think about much until I created the thirty thirty. And anyway, there's that. So, so I did. So every time I sat down to film, you know, I'd make a mistake. If I made a mistake in the first four or five minutes, I would stop and start over. But if I, if I made it all the way to the 18th or 19th minute, made a mistake, I would not stop. I would keep on going all the way to the end. And 
I would just I just knew that I needed to train myself to be able to play all the remaining parts of the exercise that I would never be able to get to. So I did that, and I did that for about, well, I probably did that, that practice for about eight days, nine days. And like I said, about four days ago, five days ago, I, I completed day 29, the, the, the long 37-minute long one. And I still could not get the third exercise of day 30. So I kept on going, kept on going. And I was able to film that or practice that exercise, oh, I would say two hours a day broken up across the day. Now, mind you, I'm also editing. And I would, I've, I've been spending two to three hours filming every day and then two to three hours of editing every day and at least a couple hours on other aspects of Rich Stencil Music and all the social media stuff. So it's like, it's crazy. It's been relentless. Anyway, um, so I think it was Friday. No, Saturday morning. It was yesterday. It was yesterday morning. I sat down. I failed at the filming. I made a little post on Instagram, on my Instagram stories, saying, I cannot get this final exercise. It's driving me crazy. I went back, I sat down, I went again, and I got it. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh. As I got into that final territory where I hadn't made it before without making mistakes, it was very nuts. In fact, my mind did so many things, and I had to keep telling myself, come back, come back, come back, because all of a sudden I would you know, almost imagine myself running across the finish line of a marathon and getting a trophy, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, come back, come back, You're play, play these exercises, focus, 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 and, and then I'd imagine myself doing it in front of people, and, or having a group of people that are finally able to do it all together, and how cool that would be, and I'm like, come back, come back, stop, get out of your imagination, and that was a huge lesson for me, it's always a huge lesson for me to realize that I'm in my imagination, and not in reality, and come back, come back, focus, 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 and that is how the success happened, and, and I tell you, there's even a lot of, I don't know if I want to say emotional stuff, but, but physiologically, I could feel my heart pounding, and then I would calm down and, and, and tell myself, breathe, 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 and then I would get, I would get panicked, because it's like, oh my gosh, I have 16 measures to go. I panicked because I was I was like I can't mess up now I can't mess up now and I'd start to freak out I had to constantly calm myself down it's an amazing experience and it's an experience that you don't have unless you are required to focus if you and and I tell you what when you're playing a gig to let's be honest if you're playing a rock gig you're not really required to focus that much you can you can let your mind wander you can think about some other things every once in a while. Whatever. I'm not making excuses. and I'm not saying that that's what I do. Because I'm constantly trying to stay in the moment all the time. But it's not, for me, it's not as much pressure as playing something very detailed and very intricate. Where, you know, when you're playing jazz, you can improvise. So you can go wherever your emotions are telling you to go. That's a totally different experience than playing something precise and exact for a long amount of time. And when you're doing something that's precise and exact, the moment that your mind starts to wander, you are very likely to lose your place. One little tweak, and you're done. And with this drum mantra material, that's part of the reason I designed this whole thing in the first place was I'm trying to, I wanted to train my mind to be able to concentrate better. So these exercises are designed, that's one of the aspects of these exercises. It's designed to help you really focus, like uber laser focus. And you have to. You can't fake yourself out because as soon as you lose concentration, you'll lose your place. And when you lose your place, the track is somewhere besides where you are and it's very apparent instantly oops I messed up boom try again later 
It's like a game. Except the game is mind control. <laughs> I've been like this my whole life. I've always been fascinated by the mind and fascinated by controlling my thoughts. And uh, I get this is so funny when I said that. I just thought of this this crazy thing that I used to do when I was a kid to help myself fall asleep. I did this for several years. Uh, not every night, but it would be something I would definitely pull up as my self-created fall-asleep technique. So here you go. If you're having, tr- if you're having trouble falling asleep, and you can't, it's harder to do now than back then because I had to use my, I had a, a, a digital clock by my bed, so I had those numbers time staring at my face. And what I would do is I would have, I would make up this this game, this Olympic game for myself. I would lay in bed, and I would be like, I'd be three countries, it would always be three countries, and it'd be two countries that I didn't know anything about, so maybe I'm China and Germany, now I'm, you know, I'm ten years old, I'm like nine, ten years old, Uh, this is before the internet, so if you didn't know someone from China, you didn't know much about Chinese uh, culture and things, so anyway, I would be... I would be some some places that I didn't know anything about, and then and then finally I was the United States of America. Da, da, da. And <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Probably because the Olympics were such a big deal when I was a kid, at least in my life. So just watching them, not doing anything like that. But uh, well, here's what I would do. So the first country's time would start, and here is the game: How long can you keep your eyes closed? Now, here's the trick, and this is so crazy that my, my little eight-year-old brain could figure this out, but the deal, the game was, how long can you keep your eyes closed? So you look at the clock, and okay, it's 10.30, it's 10.30, I'm going to close my eyes. Your mind, you're trying to keep your eyes closed as long as you can, but your mind wants to say, hey, let's see how long we've kept our eyes closed so far. So your mind is fighting your body in a way. Your mind is fighting your mind in a way where I, I think you, you probably understand what I'm saying. You're trying to keep your eyes closed, but you also want to know how long you've kept your eyes closed. And the only way to know is to open them to look at the clock again. And so I would play this game with myself, and, and I would keep my eyes closed as long as I can, open my eyes, 10.34. Okay, China gets four minutes. Now it's Germany's turn. Close my eyes. 10.47, okay, Germany got nine minutes. All right, here's the United States. It's time for the big chance at the gold medal, blah, blah, blah. And close my eyes, and that's how I would fall asleep. Because by then, I've really kind of worn my brain out. Because it's like you're putting your, your, your mind into hyper mode even though you're barely doing anything except trying to control your thoughts. Crazy. That's the kind of crazy stuff I did when I was a kid. I did a lot of those kinds of things. I'll maybe tell some other stories at some other point. (laughs) So, I guess the bottom line... Hang on, I need to check my map here. But, um, okay, so, the whole idea of controlling your mind, controlling your thoughts, not mind control, but, but like, uh, just being able to stay present. The bottom line is being present. And believe it or not, that's the hardest thing to do, at least for me in my life, and I probably think it's true for all humans, being present. Not in your mind, not in your thoughts, but literally being right here, right now, all the time. Now, the one thing that is right here, right now, all the time, is your body. Your body is not in the past. Your body is not in the future. Your body is always in the present. Physical realm is always in the present. The only thing that's not in the present are thoughts. So you can either you either have memories or you have projections. And when you have memories, obviously, you are creating a mental construction called the past. Having memories, you're... And, and the memories can take take over yourself so much that you forget that you're even in the present. 
thinking about memories, you're remembering things, and and that's in your mind. That's not. That's no nowhere real except in your thought. Okay, and then you come back to the present moment, and the way to do that is you you kind of ground yourself in the physicality of where you are. Like, I'm in a car. My hands are on the steering wheel. I'm looking at downtown Chicago. It's foggy. You know, like, like bringing myself into real awareness of what's going on around me. Now, second I go, it's foggy. And then I go, wow, I wonder what it would be like if that fog was so thick that none of us could see. Okay, um, now all of a sudden I'm in a projected mental construction again in my mind. So it's very hard to catch because it's very easy. We love storytelling and we love stories. We love imagination and we pride, humans pride ourselves on being having imagination and creativity. And I certainly did my entire life. So I always trained myself to sort of be in my imagination. Like no one's going to take my creativity away ever. That's where I live in my creativity. Well, there's a fine line between living in your mind and being creative and being completely checked out. And that was one I had to discover many times again and again and again. So anyway, you get in the present moment. You Here's a great way to be in the present moment. Breathe and focus on your breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. And just know that that's what you're doing. Like Literally tell yourself, I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. In out and you do that that's like part of, that's like a way to meditate meditation is not going off into your into your imagination meditation is being training yourself to be present training yourself to be right here right now because when you're right here right now and your mind is not full of like worry fear because all those things come from just your imagination you make something up oh my gosh this is going to happen well how do you know it's going to happen you don't know it's going to happen unless it's happening. So anything that's not happening right now at this moment is in your mind. Okay? So just know that. And anytime you feel an emotional height, heightenedness, I guess that's a word, in your body, if you like are, you know, any kind of emotion, that's based on your thought. That's like you're mentally processing something that's not happening at the moment. And that's not to say that you should avoid like trying to figure out things that are challenges or issues in your life, but it just it just means if the the more present you can be, the more kind of powerful you are in your actions because you're not hindered by uh, things that aren't real, things that aren't true. So, wow, this became a psychological um, podcast. They probably all are. This is what I like to talk about. But anyway, and then, so there's the past, there's the present, and then there's the future. The future is, is just imagining the what-ifs. The future, you know, I'm, I'm cool with thinking about the future a lot because I think it's a great way to kind of help your mind envision. Let's see, i got to look at my, my exit's coming up here. I might have to go in a minute. Things are about to get crazy. I can't even see the building. There's so much fog that I can't even see the Sears Tower, the Willis Tower. It's that foggy. It's like, you can see about 20 stories of it. Uh, stay left of the fog. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I like thinking about the future. Sorry, I'm still listening to my directions. Um, because for me, it's important to, uh, you know, try to play stuff out. Like, you have an idea. Oh, I've got this great idea for this whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you either kill your idea because you get freaked out and you start thinking about your past. Like, oh, I'm never going to succeed because no one in my family has ever succeeded at doing that. Or... I'm not going to succeed because I didn't start too early or whatever. You can come up with all kinds of excuses why not to do something. And uh, that's powerful. Don't be a victim of that. 
just know that what if you have a cool idea, everyone has cool ideas, and I love I love this, the, you know, the whole thought of a cool idea is not worth a, worth anything. Making that idea into a reality is the is the biggest pleasure in the world. I mean, creating that's that's it, man. That's that's the magic. That's why I think we're alive is to create. We're all here to create. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. I think I might have to go because I'm getting close and it's kind of I'm kind of running a little late. Um, anyway, hopefully I can remember what I'm talking about and I will continue. Actually, I'm gonna bring my. If I can, I have a break, so maybe I can um, resume when I'm on a break tonight at my gig up on the 90 minutes, 100. I don't remember what floor I'm even on, but it's. Way up there, way up there. It's the, it's the highest gig. I think this is the. It's either the Willis Tower or the Hancock is the highest gig in the United States now, that the World Trade Centers are not here. It's crazy to be up that high and to think, man, I'm in a building, that is, the Sears Tower is a hundred and, a hundred and three stories or a hundred and thirty stories. I can't remember. I think it's a hundred and three. But I can't remember if the sky deck is on is lower or higher than I know the Hancock you're on the ninety-seventh floor. That's a that's a high that's high. That's way up there. Anyway, uh, I am pulling up to the Sears slash Willis Tower and I'm gonna need to concentrate on getting loaded in. So I will be back to talk to you all. Uh, I'm glad that I started this because it's feeling pretty good and I'm looking forward to resuming. So uh to you it will seem like one second of time has passed but for me it will be in about three hours all right be back in fact it's 4 16 right now if i remember to say what time it is when i'm talking again we can see how long it took me to do it okay bye okay <laughs> i am back it is now 9 23 and i'm back and I don't remember where I left off. Uh, so it was a good gig. Played the, the Sears Tower, the Willis Tower, 99th floor. Um, it was pretty cool. The, it's really uh, foggy in Chicago right now, but the, your 99th floor, you're actually above the clouds, which was pretty awesome. I posted a a little video on my Facebook page and on my Instagram page, so you can go check it out. Right before the clouds completely rolled in and covered everything up, you could see the, the tops of the Hancock building and some other monumental buildings in Chicago. It was cool. Little jazz quartet finishing off the week. Gig number eight in the books. Since last Tuesday, it's been a crazy week again, and um, I'm looking forward to having a day off tomorrow. The only thing I have to do tomorrow is, well, I've got a lot of stuff to do tomorrow, but the only things I have to do are show my condo. Uh, By the way, if you're in Chicago or you're wanting to move to Chicago or you're looking for a place in Chicago, my condo is for rent. My tenant just moved out, and I'm getting it ready to rent it out again in July, July 1st. So, there you have it. But yeah, that, and um, I, oh yeah, I think I, I remember what I was talking about. I get to, because I because of what I get to do tomorrow, it reminds me of what I was talking about. Um, so, I think I was talking about how much time I spent practicing and trying to get that final exercise of day 30 done. And I think I made, I think I already said this, maybe I didn't, but I did finally on Saturday, yes, I did complete it. It was an incredible feeling. I mean, it was incredible to have gotten that thing in the books. (laughs) It was so hard. It was so hard. And I'm looking forward to doing it again because I know it's going to get easy. And the hard part, there actually is a little bit of a, a little challenge with the coordination on that final exercise, but uh, truly the most challenging thing of all thirty, the thirty thirty is 
just your ability to concentrate. It's a mental thing. It's all about focus and being present, being aware, paying attention to what's going on. And then, of course, you're also building muscle memory and coordination and, and uh, concepts, phrasing, and, and uh, learning on time signatures. It's a lot. You're learning so much all at once, so it's really cool. But uh, So I got the exercise done, and I haven't told anybody this, but I did take a picture of the jeans that I wore for every single video. <laughs> I thought it would be fun, kind of like, you know, like an athlete maybe during a playoff season or something. They won't shave and they grow a big beard or whatever. I thought, okay, I'm I'm wearing these jeans the whole time. Same shoes. So so in my studio, I left a pair of jeans and some some shoes, some boots, and uh, a drum mantra t-shirt. And every day I'd go over to the studio, and the first thing I'd do is change into those video clothes and shoot the videos and then at the end of the day I would change back out leave the stuff and do it again the next day so I actually kept the same pair of jeans I did not wash them they weren't I don't really sweat it's not like they got all funky or anything um, I, I probably would have if, if I did but uh, yeah so so I got to uh, kind of I finally got to bring those jeans home <laughs> And, uh, and the, and the most exciting part is the filming of the whole deal was a practice pad. I wanted to strip things down. I spent so much time thinking about how to film this, this series because I wanted, I wanted to, uh, make sure that the focus was not on anything but the exercises. And, you know, I've got a lot of nice drums and, rare drums and and I and I didn't want I didn't want anything to take away from it so I didn't want to have like some sweet A&F kit or a crazy Craviato kit set up and and you know I didn't want to take any attention away from what you're supposed to be doing I didn't want people to talk about the tuning or the sound or the look of the drums or or anything my room has a unique look to it and I wanted to take all that out so it's bare bones. It's a area. It's a above head shot um, of a practice pad and a kick pad. That's it. The entire course. All you see. Well, there's a couple little pieces where you see a bass drum, a real bass drum, and then there's and then what I'm about to do now is uh, I got to move the pads out, and now I am going to set up a drum set because I'm filming. The final filming for playing for the 3030 is going to be uh, what I call drum set modification day, which will be suggestions on ways to apply the 3030 exercises to the drum set. So that actually happens on day 15 in the course. Um, so I'll be applying some of those exercises to the drum set. Just those, they're still exercises, but uh, you know, voicing them out around the kit will be fun. So. I moved the pads, and the most exciting news in that whole thing is the day before I filmed the whole thing, I, uh, I bought a new drum set, and I'm excited to show everybody. No one's seen it yet. Only, only my friends in Chicago know that I have it, and um, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's sweet. I can't wait to share it with everybody. So that, that kit's set up, and I think that's the kit that I'm going to use to film. I'm not sure yet. But uh, anyway, so I'll be filming that tomorrow. Oh, I know. I remember I was talking a little bit about mental stuff, about uh, being in your memory or being in your present moment or being in the future. Um, I don't know if this is attached to that or not, but sometimes when our mind goes into the future, we... It's because we want to be somewhere further along than we are. So that's very true with younger people. Well, it's true with everybody. It's totally true with me too. Um, you know, I think I think there's a healthy dose of like having an aspiration, having some kind of vision for where you want to be, and then the important part, the hard part for most people is, including myself, is 
to actually know how to take the steps, have the inspiration, the motivation to take the steps to actually make that a reality. And it's really interesting because uh, I was just talking to Matt Walker. You guys might know Matt. He's uh, the first time I heard of him. He was he was on a record that I then uh, did some recording. We both we both have done recordings on a couple records, uh, shared drumming stuff, and, and then he was the drummer that I guess there was like a little period where Jimmy Chamberlain was not in Smashing Pumpkins. So Matt was doing the Smashing Pumpkins gig, and now Matt's uh, big gig is Morrissey. He's doing uh, the Morrissey gig, and he just happens to live in my neighborhood. We've kind of become friends a little bit, and we've uh, talked a few times. And and uh, he was uh, he was just sort of talking about staying motivated and staying focused and. He was the, he he kind of sees me as a person that stays very busy and very motivated and driven about stuff, and that he he said I should talk about that on a podcast, and I told him that's what we'll do when I talk to him on my podcast. So stay tuned for that at some point in the future. Talking about future, uh, Matt and I will probably have a conversation. It'll be fun. Um, but anyway, I think that. Uh, having a vision, the, the whole thing is making a decision on what you're going to do right now, but also keeping a tra- keeping track of some kind of vision for the future, some kind of image that you'd like to see. Now, here's the deal: it's very there's there's you know, this is all tricky stuff because you don't want to. I I don't know I don't know what to say in absolute terms, but here's my take on it: is if you have a vision for, you know, for instance, if I say I have the vision to play in, I don't know, just going to pick a band. I have a vision to play in Rush. I don't really want to play in Rush, but pretend like I had the vision to play in Rush. And then I jammed out to Rush albums all day thinking that I've, I was going to be in Rush because I know all the songs and I can air drive them and I've been to the concerts and I'm in the fan club and blah, 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 blah. Well, the reality of the situation is Neil Peart's the drummer in Rush, and that's never going to change. So to have some kind of vision that's unattainable, just for sheer fact that it just doesn't, it just won't happen because the structure of the world is not set up that way for certain certain things. Then you're what you're 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 going down a path that's not going to have any fruit at the end of it. So. You've got to have these visions, and I, I like to sort of generalize sometimes. It, it's okay. It's there's different ways of this. The, one of the ways to have a vision of the future that you want to experience is to generalize qualities of what it is that you want to experience. So, you know, um, I want to experience the quality of mastery okay that is attainable because you can figure out a path to get there I want to experience the quality of playing with super high level musicians okay that's that makes sense if I want to play with super high level musicians I need to make sure that I'm not playing with anybody that I think isn't very good you know that kind of thing so you can you can make a plan to 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 make happen these kinds of visions. I want to have the this experience of the quality of, uh, of you know, happiness or, or abundance. I want to make a lot of money when I play my gigs or whatever it is. You can, if you, if you have those ideas, you can, you can start to figure out a way to, to achieve that stuff. It's a lot of, but on the other hand, it's also good to have very specific details to visions. Mainly, in my, in my estimation, mainly when it has to do with your own creation, your own creativity. So, for instance, you know, six years ago, I want to write a book. Okay, well... There are certain steps that have to happen to write a book. First, you have to, like, 
figure out what it's going to be about, and then you have to dedicate a lot of hours, like hours and hours and hours and hours, every day, every day, every day, every day, every week, every month, years can go by, you stay focused on it, stay dedicated to it, and you wrestle with a lot of things, like, this isn't good enough, people aren't going to accept this, this is, I'm crazy to be writing a book, this is, this, you know, whatever, you have these self-doubts, but you stay the course, you stay the course, it's your vision, your detail, and the detail is the book I want it to be out, and then eventually it comes out, but it doesn't come out because you just sort of wished it and then went on about your day, you have to really commit yourself to it, and here's the point that I want to make about what I'm talking about, is I see a lot of things on, uh, and I'm not dissing anybody, but I see these advertisements from drum teachers on, you know, Facebook and stuff that say eight, eight quick tips to, to get your playing, you know, get your playing better fast, or eight fast tips to doing this or that, and and when I see that, you know, of course, it's enticing to be told, I'm going to give you the secret formula to do something fast so you can get this happening. But, you know, the bigger part of me says, it's like, if you are looking for a fast answer to being a musician, man, I just don't think it's going to happen for you because... It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. And there are no... The, 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 here's the secret. Here's the, here's the biggest tip and the biggest secret to having a successful life as a musician. Dedicate yourself to it completely. You know? Practice. Find a teacher. Find the best players. Learn every style you can. Learn how to play with a click. Get the best gear you can get. Meet the people that are doing recording sessions. You know, figure out who's doing the stuff you want to be doing. I mean, it's a full-time, lifetime dedication to not only the art and craft of it, but also the business of it. So, you know, I, I just, it just kind of, I, here, here's the honest truth. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if someone is a, is a drummer or not. I don't think everyone in the world's supposed to be drummers. I think that a lot of these, a lot of educators, especially ones that are highly successful, like at teaching around, you know, large groups of people around the world, there's some, there's this thing of like, I want to, you know, the whole world should drum. And, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think that it's an elite group of people who, it's a certain type of person that becomes a drummer. Uh, a certain mentality, a certain interest, you, you know. Some people listen to Led Zeppelin and fall in love with the drum. Some people listen to Led Zeppelin and fall in love with Robert Plant. Some people listen to Led Zeppelin and fall in love with John Paul Jones. I mean, there's no, it's, it's like saying, what's, what's right? I mean, it's, it's, that band has inspired every single instrumentalist in a, in a rock band setting. So, some people gravitate towards drums and it's just part of their part of their psychology and their and their physiology it just makes sense they, they understand coordination they understand math they understand the idea of groove they, you know that there's a lot of things that go into the makeup of the psychology of the drummer and frankly I don't think everyone's supposed to be a drummer and I don't want everyone to be a drummer I think I think it's something you have to earn and you have to you have to love it and you've got to figure it out. And that's the beauty of it. You know, being, looking for the quick answer to, to something, to me, means that you're not really interested in going very deep. And I, and I say you as every, all, all of us. So, um, be very careful about things that are going to happen fast because certain things can't happen fast. Now, 
you can you can certain things may seem like they're happening fast because if you get in if you get into the mode of discipline that you're practicing correctly efficiently you know uh, on 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 stuff that really matters then you're going to develop quicker than if you don't have discipline if you blow off practice if you choose to go out with your friends or you know watch a movie or play video games instead of practice then yeah it's going to take you longer it's going to take that person longer to develop the skills that a person you know a person that practices every day seriously on real material is going to be you know make it to a specific level say in six months and the person who plays video games but owns a drum set and never practices and, and, and in six years they wonder why they're not as good as the person that got that good in six months well it's because they're not dedicated and it's a very simple thing I mean you just have to make the decision that this is what you want to do now once there are lots of people who say yes I want to be a drummer there are people that are passionate about drums I mean I was at the Chicago Drum Show a couple weeks and I had a drum mantra booth and I talked to a lot of drummers from all aspects from all walks from weekend warriors to guys who were professionals to guys who were professional educators like just teachers to kids who were still in high school or even middle school guys who didn't really play but they knew everything about drums because they collected them and I don't know anything about drums I mean when I I talk I go into you know if, if I get in a conversation with collectors I might as well be talking about you know I don't know, whatever, something I have no idea about, because I truly don't, I, I, uh, I like drums to work, I like them to sound good, I like them to look cool, that's it, and I like my drums to be made by people that I know, I like to know the people that are making them, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, have endorsements with some of the best drum companies, and know the, the builders and the owners of the companies personally, and that, that's important to me. I like to know what what the soul that went into the drums was and things like that. So I'm into that kind of stuff for sure. But when it comes to a certain age of a drum, I just I just don't have time to study that. I'm not passionate about it and I just need it to work. I need it to sound good. I need it to look cool because people are looking at it and I need it to be reliable and I need it to be made hopefully by hand, by people I know. Um, anyway, I talked to so many different drummers at so many different levels, and I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah, so here, this is a very interesting thing. So, the, you know, I created this drum mantra stuff for myself in the beginning, because I wanted to figure out a system. I wanted to create a system that completely educated me on time, subdivisions, consistency, groove, rhythmic awareness, phrasing, odd time signatures, all these things that, you know, I've studied my whole life and I've had teachers my whole life and I've taken it pretty seriously since I was 13. Uh, which was 1983, for those of you who want to do some math on my age. And I feel like I've been dedicated to it my whole life. I don't think I've gone two weeks since I was 13, ever, with, with without playing drums at all. And the strange thing is, I love them way more now, way more. I am so passionate about the about playing the instrument, but it's a different kind of playing that, than I used to be passionate about. It's like... It's ever-evolving. You know, when I'm 13, I want to be in police. I want to play Rush songs. I want, to, I want to be in the electric band. I want to do all these things. I want to play gigs. I want to play concerts. And then you go through the part in your career where it's like, okay, I've done the tour bus thing. I've done the arena thing. I've done the theater thing. I've done the club thing. I've done the band touring. I've been all over the world. Uh, all of those things... You start to go, okay, I get it. 
I want there's there's something new that I'm looking for I'm searching for it and then all of a sudden it becomes a new focus still related to the instrument it's very interesting so now with me my specific place in my career is um, I play well like I said I played eight gigs this week I usually play a lot I play a lot of gigs they are all very high level most of them are private and they're with incredible musicians who are able to do anything. And that was always sort of my intention. I want to play with musicians who have zero limits. They can play any style flawlessly. They understand everything about music. They get amazing sounds. Uh, they're good hangs. Like, all those things. Well, that's, that's, that's what it is for me now. I mean, I play with everybody that I love. They're all ridiculous players. In fact, I definitely see myself as the weak link in my situations. But it's like super high-level work. And I say it's private because um, these are like situations that get hired to, to play specific events for corporate things or, or, or all kinds of functions. And we have to be ready to play anything. Like we may be backing up a, a singer, you know, we may get called to, to be do, to do like a live DVD filming for a Mexican pop star. And then the next night we're playing, uh, like a cabaret style show with some kind of big name cabaret singer. And then we're doing a big pop thing or we're, we're backing up, uh, uh, we, you know, just recently we backed up the dude from Ham that that plays Hamilton. Um, so it's just all kinds of stuff like that, and that's sort of the scene in Chicago. All the all the kind of top musicians in, in, do that that kind of work. So so that's the kind of work I do. Uh, you know, the money's good, the players are good, the hours are cool. Like this is this isn't too typical. It's almost ten o'clock, and and I'm done for the night. But um, Anyway, it's like I, 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 I was able to, to stay home, which is a big deal. When you're a musician, if you're not doing the kind of work that, that sort of that, that I do or these people that I play with do, you have to be on the road or you have, to be in, you have to play clubs and bars all the time. and That's fine. I mean, I loved that part of my life. But it's evolved, and I always want to take advantage of the fact that I'm home, I get to sleep in my own bed every night, wake up in my house, and I usually have the days kind of available unless it's, you know, crazy, so I just got in the habit of practicing and working every day on my own stuff, and so when I started first playing with all these stellar musicians that I work with now, um, I was like, okay, I've got to figure out how to get to this level that these players are at. How do I do this? How do I figure out, you know, a deep understanding of of subdivisions? How am I? How do I become the guy who's super, uh, who's who's looked at as the guy with really good time, or the guy that has a really good feel, or the guy that can play any style, or the guy that can read? You know, that's the guy that I wanted to be. Um, and so, I always had a fascination with with rhythm and time and so I started to organize it all and it got organized into the drum mantra stuff um, and then so I've really dedicated myself to the 30-30 after I wrote the foundational series book and the primary series book I noticed that people were have even though I've sold hundreds and hundreds of copies of that of those books around the world I, I still I would talk to people every once in a while about the book and I just get the sense that you know people buy books because they think it's the secret formula. They think that there's some magic in the paper and you buy a book, you flip through it, you try an exercise or two, you go, okay, I got it. And then you put it away and that's it. Unless you have a teacher that's taking you through it. And even then, if the teacher's teaching you out of a book that they didn't write, they might not necessarily know what the full intention of that book was. So I was like, okay, uh, actually, a guy named Matthew Duvall, who's a Grammy-winning percussionist and 
I'm the co-founder of a group called Eighth Blackbird, which is a, a group in Chicago, based in Chicago that travels all over the world playing uh, new music compositions. It's a chamber kind of orchestra, small chamber group. Uh, piano, woodwind, strings, percussion. I think that's, yeah, it's a cool group. Anyway, he, he, uh, he suggested that I put together a curriculum for the book because it's kind of overwhelming to just open the book and, and go for it. So that's what the 30-30 is. Uh, I created a curriculum, but not just a curriculum, but an actual guide to, to carry people through this, this material because this is the beginning of, of the whole... The whole adventure is, starts with the foundational series in the 3030. It lays a foundation for understanding how accents work and how subdivisions work and how pulse movement works and how phrasing works and how odd time signatures work and how polymetric relationships work and how coordination works. And these are the, these are the tools that I created for myself. And it's not an overnight thing. And the 30-30, you get a, you get a 30-minute lesson every day and you're just supposed to play along with it. But I tell you what, the 30-30 will last you a, a year. I mean, you're not going to be able to play every single exercise right off the bat. I guarantee it. I can't do it, and I practice it all the time. I mean, I can now. But it's not, it's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight success situation. But it is pertinent tools that cover many, many bases of really the bottom line important things about drumming and the thing I like about it is I don't it doesn't matter what genre of music someone likes I don't care if you like heavy metal or country or jazz or rock or hip-hop or Latin or whatever this applies to all of that because this is like the undercurrent this is like the the engine of the car really got to fine-tune that thing so you can do whatever style of music that you love that much better so that's the whole point of that and the thing is you have to have the discipline to really see it through because that's the only way to have the success and uh, I think Mike Johnston was just oh oh yeah gosh I'm talking about a lot of stuff this is crazy I guess I'm just talking until I get home I'm gonna talk until I get home and then I'm gonna be done I'm almost home Probably about seven more minutes. I'm kind of getting in my neighborhood now. Uh, I guess uh, Mike Johnston and Mike Dawson on the Modern Drummer podcast a year and a half ago, they were talking about practicing very detailed, small, minutiae kind of practicing with subdivisions and accents and stuff. Things that things that don't they're not chops they're not licks they're like they're like serious mechanic kind of things that you work on and how Mike would say people would think he was crazy because he was spending four hours on an exercise or whatever and then uh, you know thinking that you're practicing something and and you're working really hard on something and you don't even know if anyone's going to notice or if it makes a difference and then he talked about receiving an email from a person that said, hey, I've been checking out, you know, I don't know what you've been doing, but your playing has has changed. Something has, has evolved in your playing, and I just want to let you know that it's it hasn't gone unnoticed, and etc. That kind of that kind of email. Well, that that email that Mike read was from me, um, and he talked about how having someone unsolicited contact him and say, hey, I've noticed some differences in your playing. It was a really huge deal for him because it it justified the work that he had been doing. And so you never know when or where or how the work you're doing is going to turn out. The important thing is do the work. Always do the work. Always find something to practice. Always find something to work on. Now, that's why I laid out the 30-30. It gives you something to work on. There's no guesswork. You sit in the practice room, you got 30 minutes, you practice the day's lesson. And if you got it, great. If you need to do it again, well, you better find another 30 minutes in your day. I mean, 
it kind of blows me away that people want to be professional musicians and they don't have time to practice for 30 minutes or an hour a day. I mean, that's crazy to me. <laughs> you have a professional athlete, you think they sit around and just go play their game? They are training all the time. And musicians should do the same. I mean, it's it's important. It's important to be really good at what you do. I think it's so important. Music is something that you can really be lazy about. You can learn how to play a guitar. You can write some songs. You can put a band together. You can get popular uh, playing some songs, making some money, and just having having a fun life. But for me, well, I guess I, I went through all that, and and there's more there's more there, and it's less about the outside world, and it's more about the inside world now. It's more about my own understanding and my own mastery and that's what I want everyone else to start discovering if you haven't already and so I'm trying to create the things that help guide you there um, I just think it's important I think it's, it's important to go deep with whatever it is I mean doctors have to continue to practice and, and study everyone has to continue to practice and study why would you want to be around someone that's mediocre that just can kind of do what they do when you know it's it's not fun I like to surround myself with people who are masters of what they do and they're masters not because they're lucky not because they were born into it because they work really hard they've dedicated themselves it's just a different kind of thing and the, the hard thing is when you come into that mentality, it, it really starts to filter out your life because uh, if you're not already surrounded by super hard, you know, super, super driven people who are really good at what they do or at least dedicated to becoming really good at what they do, then you're probably surrounded by people who don't know what they want to do or they're just going through the motions I mean that's very common with people and when you make the decision that you want to be a person that dedicates themselves to doing something really really well you're going to find that your circles are going to change your friends are going to change and it gets it's it's hard especially if you don't live in a major area where there are lots of people to choose from to be your your peers, um, you, it can be challenging. And, and luckily, social media has made it possible for people kind of in the middle of the nowhere geographically to still be able to connect with like-minded people in other parts of the world. So <clears throat> I want to help. I want to help be that guide for people. I've done this my whole life, and you know. I, I feel very confident in this material that I've created and I just want to share it and raise the level for everybody. Not not because we want music to be hard or make, you know, it's not about making the music sound more complex. I'll tell you what, the more I understand, I've said this many times before, the more I understand, the, the less I need to do. I don't care about playing complex, crazy music. I just want to understand how it works. I want to understand the function of it. I want to understand the coordination of it. I want to have the coordination to, to do things, but I still want to make music. And the thing is, you can, you can make music so much effortlessly, so much more effortlessly when you have control. You can make music. And I tell you, it's hard to make music simple. It's hard to make music feel good and stay simple. But I think it's important. I think it's important to play for the soul. I mean, it's great to play for the mind, too, and, and think about things and have that. But, but this, this material, I don't want people to think that this material is created so you can, so you can go out and, like, you know, blow people's minds. This is about, this is more like a Zen practice. This is about kind of mastery of your own self. So that's, that's what this is all about. Okay, well, it looks like I created another podcast. What do you know? <laughs> I never know if I'm going to say anything, and I never know if anyone's going to listen, but then I, 
I put it out and I see that hundreds of people do, so okay, there you have it. I'm pulling onto my street right now. I'm tired. It's been a long, crazy week with a lot of stuff. I'm going to crash tonight. So I hope you all have a great one and always know that you can reach out, send me a message, get in touch. I'm happy to answer questions or help with anything I can. And if you want to check out the Drum Mantra 3030, you can go to drummantra3030.com and uh, you can get a little sneak peek of some of the exercises that are in there. Okay, everybody, take care. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. Good night.